0: Love Talk Radio.
1: It's time for
0: the Get Ready Show!
2: best in pro wrestling talk.
1: And that's the bottom line, the first goal for <sighs> This right here is the future of wrestling. And it begins.
2: You for tuning in to the ken reedy show the best in pro wrestling talk very excited to be here with you guys on this sunny sunday i'll pretty damn cold here in the northeast getting set for our weekly nor'easter that should be coming this week but hell we have a good day today and we are going to get into it we are smack dab in the middle of of the road to WrestleMania, nothing left. No pay-per-views on the horizon aside from the show of shows. Lots of stuff to get into it uh, with you guys tonight. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Show. Again, that's facebook.com slash The Ken Show. We always got conversations, discussions, things like that over on the Facebook page. Check us out. We got a show chat posted over there, so if you can't give us a call, but you want your opinion heard, head on over to the show chat on our Facebook page. Give us your thoughts on things. And if we deem your point to be well thought out, well articulated, we'll read it on the air. Hell, that's just the kind of show we are. But if you want, if you can call us, give us a buzz, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. But if social media is, in your, is your thing, you can also check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. And our website, com. We hope you're listening to us live tonight, 6.30 on a Sunday evening. But if you're listening to us pre-recorded, you're listening to us along with all the great shows on the B-Plus Players Radio Network. Check out that network. Lots of great stuff over there. Again, B-Plus Players. And speaking of WrestleMania, details as we move forward. But... We're going to be uh, going down to New Orleans and we're trying to get a group together on Saturday, April 7th, uh, WrestleMania weekend. We're going to volunteer at the Villa Lobos Animal Shelter. It's the largest uh, pit bull shelter, I believe, in the world. that it's the subject of the Animal Planet show Pitbulls and Parolees. We're looking to show that wrestling fans can do a lot of good aside from making up crazy chants. So if you're on board, again, details in the next few weeks as far as exactly where we're going to be there, but trying to get a group together to head on down to the Villa Lobos Animal Shelter, the Saturday of WrestleMania weekend. So lots of stuff to get into. Fastlane last week, what's going to happen, mania, lots of news outside of TV, crazy stuff. So to make heads or tails of it, to make sense of it all, couldn't do it without my tag team partners
0: on the line
2: from Connecticut. Dave, how are you doing this evening?
0: Well, thank you for the warm introduction, Ken. Not as warm as it is, or I should say, it's not really warm outside like you mentioned earlier. But I do have a question to ask you. What pro wrestling podcast does a weather report weekly like we do? I mean, <laughs> let's think about it here for a minute. We- weekly in the Northeast, yes, we've been having some nor'easters. Snow has affected our schedules, you and I both work with, with uh with uh, people with disabilities, therefore affecting their, their way of, of, of getting to work every day. So therefore we have snow days. So I'm just kinda of curious what pro wrestling podcast out there dishes out all the dirt, gives their opinions, whether they're right or wrong, they give their opinions, and then gives us an in depth weather report, especially in the wintertime here in the northeast. I don't think it's anybody but the Ken Reedy Show
1: I think
2: that's a good point. We're just we're so multifaceted. We're we're all over the place. So yeah, I mean, and it's crazy, man. I, I still, I'm so sick of the cold right now. Even though I've been enjoying, and I'm sure you have, enjoying the days off. Um, man, I, I am ready for spring. I'm ready for the for the warm weather. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm ready for it to be warmed up. But we are here tonight. We gave you the weather report. Now let's get into some wrestling talk. WWE Fastlane. Um, and let's get into this, Dave. Look, we talked about it on the show here. Uh. You know, we kind of speculated this was going to be a um, holding pattern kind of show, a kind of predictable show. Um, I was shocked that Randy Orton walked away with the U.S. title. Other than that, um, didn't move the needle much for me. But, you know, I think fans kind of get, like, out of hand a little bit. I don't think the pay-per-view sucked. I don't think it was garbage. I, I thought the uh, the matches were were, were good. Um, I I think bell to bell, we got some good stuff. Um, You know, we didn't get much in the way of of The Undertaker uh, and looking forward towards WrestleMania, which, um, you know, I think sometimes the WWE is the victim of, you know, speculation out there on social media and the wrestling world. People speculating that, is Taker going to show up? Is Taker going to do something? Is Taker going to get involved in the main event? No Undertaker for WWE Fastlane, so... I get it if, if you're disappointed with no Undertaker, but they didn't promise you an Undertaker, so you can't really fault the WWE for uh, your expectations on the show. Um, I, 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 again, I, I think they gave us a very safe uh, holding pattern kind of pay-per-view, which still goes back to what I talked about last, uh, last show. Is uh, this pay-per-view necessary between Rumble and and WrestleMania, if you're gonna throw a pay-per-view at us that essentially is gonna maintain the status quo, is it really necessary? You know, I don't know. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but I think the question is worth asking. But um, Dave, again, I thought it was entertaining. Um, but again, no shockers, no real surprises, unless for me, unless you want to look at Orton winning the U.S. title. Um, Bell to bell, I thought we got a decent pay-per-view, but, but really and truly, um, nothing great coming out of Fastlane.
0: What I took from Fastlane was a few things. Number one, I should have jumped on board with the pick with the Bludgeon Brothers interfering in the tag team title match <laughs> with you and Rocky. I should have. I mean, it was, and, I, and the funny thing is, like I said on last week's show, I was thinking about that pick and, 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 and going that direction before Sunday night. And I said, nah, you know what, let me go a different route. You know, in hopes that it goes creatively a certain way. Sink or swim. I sunk in that case. Um, I, what I did like about that segment was uh, just that you know the the destruction that those two put on 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 uh, Woods and 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 the other members of New Day and the Usos. Like you know, we're in a PG environment um, of WWE television, and those beatings that they gave those guys looked pretty vicious and pretty brutal, and that kind of carried over into SmackDown with the with the Shane McMahon beating he took, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later on, but um, I enjoyed that segment. I was like, okay. I think you bring up with- a
2: really good point with the Bludgeon Brothers because the Bludgeon Brothers needed something, and as ridiculous as that gimmick comes off, you're right. It came off as an absolute brutal beating, and and to piggyback what you're saying, kudos to Xavier Woods, man. I mean, Xavier Woods, after you know hitting those steel steps, um, didn't move. I mean, he sold the hell out of having a back injury. And, and to your point, like in a PG era, um, you know, if you're a kid and you're watching that, um, there was some gravity and seriousness to that segment, which to me, the Bludgeon Brothers kind of needed. And, and kudos to the Usos and New Day uh, for putting over how brutal the Bludgeon Brothers are. All, I don't know about you, Dave, but all of a sudden, again, as much as I think the gimmick is kind of ridiculous, the Bludgeon Brothers are a tag team to take seriously now.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm on board with you that I'm not a big fan of the name, the Bludgeon Brothers. It sounds very hokey. It's got like a a 1980s WWF ring to it. Um, But the way that Harper and Rowan have, in some ways, stayed true to their characters from their days in the Wyatts, but adding a little bit more intensity to their work and to their style this very like smash mouth rough house kind of style that they bring in their matches like i've enjoyed those moments the moments where they're in the ring and they're beating up the local talents each week on tv and the the way that those little guys sell for them and the way that new day and the usos sold five guys taking a beating from those two monsters like it it was it was something cool to see um it wasn't anything earth shattering but i was like Okay, like we didn't get a definitive finish in this match, but they made up for it in the beating that they took. Um, I'm right there with you. I was kind of surprised Orton took the victory. Uh, I liked the match with him and Rude. I felt it told a good story, and I felt that, um, you know, Orton winning, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it because I really feel like, You know, Orton has been there, done that with everything. And, yes, they made the point that he never won the United States title. But I thought, I think the story would have been better that that's the one championship eluded him. And, you know, him coming up first, you know, getting the first shot at it and winning the title, I just didn't find any intrigue in it. Um, The Oscar surprise was pretty cool. Her coming out and pointing at the sign. Uh, We talked about it. You point at the sign, you get a match at WrestleMania. So next year I'm jumping the railing at an event and I'm pointing at the WrestleMania sign. And let's see if I get booked. Uh, And the six pack challenge was fun. You know, they all went out and they they tore the house down. But like you said, Ken, it it was very holding pattern like. And if I were to say if I were to rate this show, I'd give it a a B plus in 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 ring action. Um, I wouldn't really grade it on storytelling because there wasn't really anything that really jumped out at me. But uh, I would call this a really good episode of SmackDown. That's what I would look at Fastlane. That's how I that's what I took from it the other night.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think we got like some, some fun stuff, some good stuff, um, you know, and, and piggybacking kind of what you're saying about Rude and Orton. I still think, you know, I don't know. I mean, I love Bobby Rude. I'm a Bobby Rude fan. I, I don't know how he's resonating right now. Great entrance. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot there, but I kind of thought that he needed that belt right now. And Orton does not. Um, it was something that you could have told the story that it is the belt that continues to elude Orton, at least for, for a period of time. Um, you know, so when, when I Look at the outcome of that match I'm just like, I, you know a, a bit of a head scratcher And again, I, you know, you don't know what the plans are For the rest of 2018 For Orton, for Rude um, You know, what direction they want to go With those characters um, But for now, being like a short term kind of thing um, Yeah, it was just kind of It left me my scratching my head a little bit But I'm right there with you I think we got a, a solid B, B plus Kind of pay per view um, but something that really doesn't move the needle uh, much at all. And, yeah, you're right. It's like a, a good, you know, it's almost like, like the, the WWE would, would, you know, be better served, maybe not a pay-per-view, but a, a special event on the network. Um, it did come off as a really good episode of SmackDown, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens going forward as the pay-per-view schedule changes. Um, but as we move towards WrestleMania, you know, it, it's, it's been, like, intriguing how, you know, we we get a lot of news, like, and a lot of stuff that happens on TV, and we're looking at stories unfolding. And honestly, as as the card starts to shape up, um, it's starting to shape up to be a really good WrestleMania card. Um, you know, who knows who's going to point to the sign uh, in the next couple of weeks and, and get booked in a match. I, I, I put it on our Facebook page. I got such a kick out of the fact that the the news broke, and the news wasn't. Asuka challenges Charlotte at WrestleMania. The, the tagline was, Asuka points to the sign. Like, I thought that was just <laughs> the funniest thing, that that actually constituted news. Not that a match was booked, but that she came out and she pointed to the sign. Like, that's newsworthy now. Um, but I, when I start to look at like WrestleMania and, and what's being booked and, and what we're going to get as far as in-ring action, um, I, I think the WrestleMania card is really shaping up right now. Um, and like I said, we're getting news inside and outside of the ring. And, you know, one of the biggest news stories this week, Dave, uh, fabulous Mula ladies battle royal that was supposed to uh, happen at, at WrestleMania. Um, lots of controversy surrounding uh, Mula being uh, immortalized in this. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, first off, I wasn't the biggest fan of it being named after anybody because to me, Andre the Giants, Andre the Giants period. And I love the whole idea that there's an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania gives, a, there's a traditional WrestleMania, and I like that. Um, I, I don't like that, that idea of, well, there's a men's version, there has to be a women's version. And, and, and like it's kind of a, a weird back and forth, but it just seemed, initially, when I heard it was booked, it seemed a little forced to me, to like, well, there's a guy's Memorial Battle Royal, so let's let's pick a female wrestler that's passed away, and Create another battle royal, so it seemed forced to me. Um, but looking forward, as things came up, I was not aware of the stuff that that Mula was apparently involved in. You know, uh, ranging from uh, abuses, uh, stealing uh, pay, or, or requiring percentages of people's pay, um, having women uh, beaten if they refuse to have sex with certain guys. I mean. The scandals that were out there, I honestly, like, and, and shame on me, was not well informed to know that that Moolah was tied to this stuff. You wonder about the stuff that the WWE may or may not have known in, in Moolah's past, um, but but shame on them for not knowing and, uh, you know, using her name to, to immortalize this battle royal. Social media blew up uh, when the name came out, and consequently the WWE – has changed their tune. They take Moolah's name off of the battle royal, and you know this is one of those situations, Dave, that we've talked about it time and time again. And this is where the WWE paints themselves into a corner. Moolah's name right now on the website still a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, all this stuff comes out, and and you you start to look at stuff where you know okay, there's like there's there's Jimmy Snuka who. Um, Was acquitted years ago of a crime, uh, you know, albeit murder, but acquitted. Went to the Hall of Fame after that. A DA trying to make a name for himself brings the the case back to light. And the WWE pulls Snuka's name. Um, Hulk Hogan, you know, says something he shouldn't say behind closed doors being filmed when he he didn't know he was being filmed. Um, Obviously, it's Hulk Hogan. Lots of controversy. Likeness pulled. Now, this stuff comes to light, and, and now, like, I mean, when I look at that stuff, I'm like, all right, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, as heinous as it was, said a racial slur behind closed doors when he didn't know he was being taped. Mula was sex trafficking and abusing, and, and, but her likeness is still there now, and I think it's just, it, it becomes a slippery slope for the WWE if you're going to, and I, I don't think anyone should be pulled. Once they're in, it should be in, but when you start to quantify that, well, is Hulk Hogan's offense really worse than what Moolah may have done in her past? So it's crazy when you look at, you know, the WWE, what is their role in social consciousness? What is their role as far as, you know, pulling people out? Um, How much should they be researching, Um, you know, from being, and Dave, you've been in locker rooms You've been around wrestlers, you know, the wrestling business is the epitome of, you know, great wrestler, not necessarily a great person. Um, it can be, and I, I love the business, but it can be a very seedy business. Um, there are a lot of people in the wrestling business that are looking to take advantage of other people in the business that don't know any better, naive individuals in the business. And it seems like that's what Mula was preying on. Um, but where does the social responsibility of the WWE begin and end? On camera, Moolah was an all-time great. Um, she revolutionized women's wrestling on camera. Um, you know, is it the WWE's responsibility to research and overly research everybody that they might be honoring? Um, where exactly does that begin and end? And, and Dave, i am ask you a question because honestly, I don't know. I don't know where it begins and ends with with the WWE and how they should honor people and who should be allowed in the Hall of Fame and who shouldn't be allowed in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you look at other Hall of Fames, OJ is still in the Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, where does that begin and end? And I don't know. And I to me, the WWE has kind of done themselves a disservice and muddied the waters a bit with what they've done with Hogan and Snuka. And, and so it, it really is just a very um, – it's a convoluted, muddied sort of situation. Like, where does this responsibility begin and end? I think with the uproar that occurred on social media, I think the WWE did everything they could do in, in renaming it. With the with the WrestleMania crowd, um, you never know what the crowd would have been chanting uh, if they continued to honor Mula. Um, you, You're beginning. You kind of. I mean, the the women's revolution is is. Underway, But it's still, you know, years from now, you know, you're going to look at the first three, four years as women's wrestling really starting to be taken more seriously. So it's still kind of in the beginning stages. So as you continue to elevate women's wrestling in the WWE, um, you don't need a, a battle royal on WrestleMania to be marred with, with someone's name that people are, are chanting evil, nasty stuff during this battle royal that's kind of going to diminish Uh, what the ladies are trying to do in that ring participating in the battle Royal. So, um, you know, I'm rambling a bit, Dave, but I I just find it really intriguing, uh, fascinating and, and uh, um, a a very legitimate question to ask, you know, where does that responsibility begin and end? Because in other sports and other hall of fames in where other athletes are honored, I don't think you have that social media presence that, wrestling has and you don't have that outrage Now everyone knows that ty cobb was a jerk he was a racist but he's in the hall of fame we're all good with that nobody's protesting and, and you know wanting him taken out or if they honored ty cobb in some way shape or form would people say oh we shouldn't be honoring him so it, it, it's interesting and and i don't know what the right or wrong answer is but i, I think it's a fascinating discussion and i'm curious um, your take on it, Dave. I was surprised at the, at the outcry. I wasn't well aware of what Mula's past had entailed, um, but really interesting stuff to come out this week uh, once it was named the
0: uh, Mula Memorial Battle Royal. As you were going through your your uh, your statement regarding this, this situation with Mula, and you were trying to you know find the right answer, I was trying to figure out an answer myself. Um, <laughs> And I don't know if I can give you a right or wrong answer. I, I don't know if I can give you a clear answer. I can give you my take on a few things um, regarding, this, regarding this situation and where it begins and where it ends with this Hall of Fame. I mean, let's be perfectly honest here, okay? Sonny has been known to participate in adult activities that are being filmed on camera, and she's in the Hall of Fame. Mike Tyson is in the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. Mike Tyson served multiple stints in prison. One of those stints, which resulted from being charged and convicted of rape. Okay. Yet he's still in the WWE Hall of Fame. You mentioned snuck Okay. Acquitted of all charges, but the DA brings up, you know, the, the DA brings up the case again and wants to retry him and WWE pulls his name. Now, as much of a Hulk Hogan fan as I am, Ken, and I, and I know where you're coming from here. And for the most part, I could say I agree with you. But the difference between the Hogan situation and the Mula situation is that what Hogan said was fact. It's recorded. It's out there. It's on the Internet forever. It's never going to go away. Mula, these are all allegations. She's never been brought to court. She's never been charged with, with any crimes of of this. Uh, of this nature these are all accusations made from people not saying that these accusations are false or true but they're what they are is accusations plain and simple um i was not aware of the sexual stuff that Moolah is being accused of now a few months back you're a big avid listener like i am so something to wrestle with with bruce pritchard and bruce did a watch along episode where um him and conrad watched the 1987 survivor series and uh, on the WWE Network, and they encourage the listeners to mute the TV and watch it, and you can, you know, listen to the alternate commentary on the podcast. And Mula um, was in a Survivor Series match with the, with a bunch of other girls, and this was news to me when I was watching it. But Conrad and Bruce brought up the the, the stories that, yes, it is true, Mula had control over a lot of women in the industry that she trained. She owned a farm in South Carolina, and a lot of these women that she trained lived with her. And basically, she charged them rent. She charged them for road expenses. She charged them for food. She she took a percentage of their pay, no matter whether what, it was big or small, she took a percentage. A lot of people said it was a large cut. Bruce said in that match, and I can't name every woman, but at least seven out of those ten girls, and not including Moolah, were all trained under Mula and Mula was making money off those 7 girls in that match. So before Mula even got her pay for being a, p- a participant in the match, she was getting seven other people's pay. So imagine the payday she was walking out with. But there are stories that Bruce Pritchard confirmed on that epi- on that episode that Mula had a, had a reputation for taking advantage of the girls with their pay, being a little rough with them physically during the training um and in some cases, he had heard stories of blackballing these women if they didn't want to go through with her practices as to how she trained. Like I said, the sexual stuff, that was news to me this week. Uh, I was not aware of that. But like I said, the difference is, is that those are accusations as far as the sexual stuff. And if it's true, it's horrible. But Hulk Hogan stuff is fact, unfortunately. And as much as I want Hulk Hogan to have that comeback story and to redeem himself, you know, it's it's – those are the two differences unfortunately um and i think the wwe made the right call in this instance with mula even though their accusations i think they made the right call but the only reason why they made the right call is not because of the fans and the social media outcry it's because snickers stepped involved snickers is the official sponsor for wrestlemania i can't tell you how many millions they're shelling out to wwe to sponsor this event but they are and they don't want to be associated with something that could be negative PR to their company and their brand. So they stepped in, and WWE obviously didn't want to lose sponsorship, so that's why they pulled Moolah's name from the, from, the, from the Battle Royal. Now, the question you ask: where does it begin, where does it end? Let's be honest. Like you said, the wrestling business, there, there can be great performers and entertainers and some really shitty people behind those, behind those characters. If WWE and Vince McMahon had to do a background check on every deceased wrestler that um, you know they want to memorialize, whether it be in the name of a match or an award or you know whatever the case is, then they might not even have a Hall of Fame because there's a lot of shady characters that are in the Hall of Fame based on their uh, on their on their you know their, the merits of their character and not their personal life. They wouldn't have a Hall of Fame, in my opinion, with the way wrestling and the, the the backstage environment has been in the last 30 or 40 years, if they were going to run a background check and find out, well, this guy got a speeding ticket, this guy goes drunk, got in a drunk driving accident, or this guy did this. Now, I just, I mean, I really can't give you an honest answer, but what I can say is they made the right call in this situation. And i w I'm in agreement with you, memorializing another deceased wrestler, considering you have the Andre the giant Memorial battle Royal, was I didn't I didn't really care for the move if they just made it like a woman's gauntlet match instead of another battle royal to differentiate what the women and what the men do I would have been cool with that but they're going this route they're calling it the Wrestlemania women's battle royal I'm sure they'll name it after you know Linda McMahon someday or whoever I mean I don't know but it's a it's a real slippery slope that like I have a hard time trying to find you know where it begins and where it ends. And that's just my take on the entire situation.
2: And I, and I think that's a good take. And, I, and, and that's why I, I love doing the show and, and, you know, it's fun having these conversations, but man, like, you know, if you're listening to the show, uh, you know, this country in general right now, um, you know, it, it's okay to discuss issues and, and maybe not have a, a black and white, clear answer. And and I, and I really like your take because we're kind of both on the same uh, boat. I mean, we might differ in in, in certain aspects, but um, there's no really right or wrong answer. It's it's a complicated subject and and it's a difficult subject. And I and I wish more like people in this country could look at issues and say, um, all right, like you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but let's let's see if we can come to a consensus. And you know, both of us thinking. I mean, we're, our simple little wrestling world that we're talking about. But when you when you look at this, you know. Uh, in the context of wrestling, like it's a complicated matter, and the WWE, a publicly traded company, uh, a company that markets itself to families, uh, you know, like what is their responsibility? And and it's 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 tough to navigate those waters. And as much as, you know, you're right. Like I see what you're saying, Hulk Hogan. It's fact. It, it's it was caught on video. Uh, it's there for all the world to see. However, he said a bad word. I mean, essentially you're taking the greatest of all time and, and trying to erase him from wrestling history because he said a bad word. Um, for me, you know, I tend to lean towards um, let's just keep the Hall of Fame and leave it alone. Like if, you, if you don't want to sell T-shirts from someone anymore, fine. You want to take their likeness off the website, fine. But when it comes to the context of the Hall of Fame, Let's just leave that alone. And, you know, I, I think, Dave, you know, to, to your point, like if you started doing background checks on, on all these guys, um, you know, there might not be a Hall of Fame. And where where do you go with that moving forward? Again, my point is Hulk Hogan said a bad word. Uh, you know, what happens if some wrestler that's, that's in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, winds up uh, – Domestic abuse. Um, winds up getting a speeding ticket, like you said. You know, something comes up. Where do they go? Which is got. I always forget this alarms on my. phone. it's time for my dog to get his toothbrush brushed. What the was that? Teeth. The dog needs <laughs> a toothbrush. I'm gonna run out right now. Um, God damn
0: it! No, I'm just kidding.
2: But it is. It's it's a it's a slippery slope. You know where exactly do you go? And I'm gonna actually go out to the phone because we got a caller on the line. Don't recognize this number offhand. It looks vaguely for me, but I don't remember who it is, so we'll just go out there, see what their take is on this. Cole, are you there? Yeah, what's up? What's going on? Who is this?
1: Uh, it's Dwayne Hadley. Remember me, brother?
2: Yeah, yeah. How you doing, man? What's going on?
1: Good. Not much, dude. Um, Can I just say something? Regardless if anybody else believes it or not, whoever is in the Hall of Fame... Or is taken out, they're a hall of fame in our minds. As marks, we have who we believe are hall of famers: Hulk Hogan, um, anybody else. Even even if the WWE says, "Oh, you know, like Hulk Hogan said a naughty, said a bad word." Yes, that was bad for his brand, and that was bad for the WWE. But no matter what, he there's, there's people that have done a lot worse than that. He's still a hall of famer, and. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, is this, is this making sense to you, dude? Oh, no, it totally makes sense. I mean, yeah, I think
2: for us as fans, you know, we always, um, you know, especially a guy like Hogan, like how could he not be a hall of famer if you're a wrestling fan, he's a hall of famer, um, you know, regardless of what the WWE decides, decides to do. So I get, you know, in, in our hearts, he, he's still a hall of famer uh, In our hearts, Jimmy Snuka is still a hall of famer. And that's, yeah. it kind of goes back to my point. Like, Whatever you whatever you feel like you have to do as far as um, discipline or punishment or just you know uh, saving your own brand and I get it like it's money it's mo- I get like you know you're a multi billion dollar company I get yes. the fact that you have to do certain things um, to appease sponsors so, you know it is what it is for me when it comes to the Hall of Fame just leave it down. you know leave it but even with the stuff that came out right. with Moolah, don't investigate further. You pulled her name off the battle royal, leave her name in the hall of fame. You know that—that's
1: my opinion on things. Well, let me ask you this: if, if this causes heat or anything, I apologize. From what, excuse me, from what Mula did, who was worse, in your opinion? As of, I'm not talking performer as a wrestler. I'm talking as a person. Was Mula worse than Benoit? The whole no. Benoit situation. No, no. So, so, so then explain to me why in the world she's getting this backlash. It's like, yeah, <clears throat> she did some shit. Oh, pardon my French if you're not, if you're not allowed to swear on the show. It's been, a lot. It's been so long since i watched this.
2: So, I
0: cuss all the time. It's okay. <laughs> now, it, you
1: know,
2: it, it's, a fun, it's, a, it's an interesting point because there are, as, as far as social media, and it's, and it's tough to, you know, mm-hmm. quantify it and say, you know, who's saying what on social media. But you're right. There's a you know when, when people when wrestling fans tweet or put out the out stuff on on Chris Benoit, generally mm. there's the whole. But he was a great wrestler. We should look past his discretions and recognize how great a wrestler he is.
1: Per social media, was it, ever, was it ever was it ever proven that he did what he was accused of doing?
2: You know, again, I'm not going to get into the the. Uh, logistics of the case but you're right I don't know if it was ever definitively I mean it was proven enough but um you know as far as I know it was a murder-suicide but but beyond that what I'm saying is that when it comes to social media Uh you know the the social media outcry was this is an outrage having Moola's name attached to this and yet most of the stuff you hear about Benoit on social media is he should be honored. He should be in the Hall of Fame he, he, mm-hmm. because he was a great wrestler before all this stuff happened. And it, it, it is, it's a really good point, Dwayne, that, you know, how wrestling fans on social media, how they pick and choose um, where their outrage lies and, and where it doesn't. But, yeah, 100%. I mean, to me, I, I'm fine with Benoit being erased from history, um, I I have no nothing, I mean I hope there's a special place in hell for him um, and that's my feeling right. on him uh, but okay. it is intriguing when you look at the behavior of wrestling fans on social media they treat the, the two of them much differently
1: I mean like, let's, let's also discuss the fact of China, what she did in professional wrestling the fact that she's not in the Hall of Fame yet is BS regardless of what she did outside of wrestling, she should be in the Hall of Fame, too. That's, that's you know... True. Again, that's, that, that's on, just my point of view.
0: True. Based on what... You know, based on her abilities, and obviously what other people have done outside of wrestling that are in the Hall of Fame. Like I said earlier, Sonny. Sonny had filmed, you know an adult movie and made money off of it. And she's still in the WWE hall of fame. Mike Tyson was convicted of rape. China just Uh did something that not everyone thinks is a morally, you know, right way to make money. And she filmed an adult movie uh, on multiple occasions. So, I mean, yes, obviously I do agree with you there, Dwayne, like based on what other people's, you know, other, other people's past indiscretions um, have taken them. You know they're still in the Hall of Fame. I totally agree with you on that point. She should have a spot in the Hall of Fame, regardless of whether she did a porno or
1: not. And the thing is, it's not. within <clears throat> Maybe this is just my point of view. It's not like let's let's take for example um, Triple H. Eventually, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Possibly, I don't know. He's you know he's you know part of the company business side, but it's Triple H that goes into the Hall of Fame. It's not Paul Levesque. So. You take whatever China's real name is, I don't remember what it is, she's not going to Hall of Fame. It's the it's the wrestler, it's the persona of China. And I think people are you know, confusing the two. Like, okay, so until, you know, person A did something really bad after wrestling, so they should never be in the Hall of Fame. But as a character, it was like my favorite character. You get know what I'm saying?
2: No, and that's, honestly, that's another really good point, you know, when you look at some of the guys that have gone to the Hall of Fame, you know, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like Razor Ramon went into the Hall of Fame, not Scott Hall. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 interesting that, you know, that, and honestly, I, and I think the WWE, uh, when it comes to the Hall of Fame and how they induct people and how uh, perhaps they discipline quote-unquote certain individuals uh that would be a a really good company line to um you know take that you know hulk hogan didn't use a racial slur terry balea did and and terry balea is not part of uh you know our business hulk hogan is and that's that's kind of a way that you could look at certain things that that laura did did a porno uh, China yes. was an all-time great female wrestler um, and, and something that we, we never saw before or since. So, you know, it is, it is kind of a way as far as taking a company line uh, going forward with the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I do think that's kind of an interesting take to look at, you know, hey, the, the on-screen persona, the on-screen persona is what's going into the Hall of Fame, what the person may have done in their personal lives does not concern what the Hall of Fame is all about.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Great stuff, Dwayne. Thanks, thanks for calling, man. Don't be a stranger. This is this is great stuff. Good hearing from you. And we'll
1: hopefully talk to yeah, you real soon, apologize. man. Yeah, I apologize. It's been a while since I've watched it. I've been going through a lot of personal stuff. And then I see a text, uh, face, a message on Facebook about chat. Like, oh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've listened to Ken's show. And, dude, your show is Still, it's really good. I can't believe it's been a long time since I've listened to it.
2: No, it's great. Thanks for calling. Don't be a stranger, man. And, and whatever, whatever you're going through, hopefully, uh, you know, there's a at the end of the tunnel. Make through with, with uh, you know, get through it all. And uh, all the
1: best to you, man. Absolutely. Take it easy, man. Take it easy.
2: Um, and, Dave, and, you know, I'm curious. Like I thought that was a really interesting way to, to look at it. And, again, as, as a company line, just to kind of take, you know, and, and back to your point, like, but, the multiple times that that Mike Tyson has been in, in jail. And, uh, you know, I think Sonny got, got arrested recently. I mean, she's, she's, you know, it's like, you want to get drunk drink every time Sonny's arrested recently. Um, but if you look at just, you know, the Mike Tyson that's in the hall of fame is the persona that was on WWE television, not the guy that was arrested for rape. Sonny, it was a persona that was on television that, uh, is going into the hall of fame and remaining in the hall of fame, not the, the individual with an alcohol problem that is, has been arrested multiple times. And, um, you know, that might be a way for the WWE to kind of uh, not touch the hall of fame and kind of take a company line and say, it's, it's the characters that are in
0: there. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the people that are portraying that character still have to, if they are alive and they choose to do so, still have to come out on stage and, you know, accept that award. And, um, you know, I I mean, like I said, I understand where where, where, where Dwayne's coming from and, you know, you can make a case in some regards, but at the same time, like, you know, there's still – people are still going to talk about it. People are still going to have issue with it. And people are still going to make a fuss about it. And in today's world of not only social media – but in, in wrestling, with all that information out there, you know, if, if people if w- were offended in any way, shape, or form by Joni Laura's, excuse me, um, have a trouble pronouncing her name, Joni Lures, uh way of uh, making money and, and, and making an income, you know, past wrestling, um, then in today's wrestling world, especially with the way these fans chant, You know, you might hear a lot of, you know, you suck dick, you suck dick. Excuse my language for those younger viewers out there that might be listening to this. But, you know, there's a case that could be made for things like that. So I think, you know, the WWE, I don't think they should touch the Hall of Fame when it comes to, you know, talents and their indiscretions outside of the ring. But um, you're making – you're setting yourself up for a bad situation. If they were to ever – I mean, she's obviously passed now. But if she were alive, I mean – you know, and they wanted to put her in the Hall of Fame. You, know, you run the risk of of getting that kind of reaction from people in a live event setting, especially if it's on television. That's not something that they want. So, that's my take these, on it.
2: These damn wrestling fans. Three four seven eight three eight
0: nine eight one
2: five is the number to call. Uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to be talking about who's your WrestleMania MVP all time. Who's the WrestleMania MVP, we're going to discuss our thoughts on the subject. We'd love to get your thoughts. Check us out on Facebook, give us your thoughts, or give us a call. But right now, it's time for the Day 5 50 News Report.
0: Good evening, and welcome to the Day 5 50 News Report. Only heard at the top of the hour, right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. And without a certain network and a certain individual, the growing audience we have gained since joining forces wouldn't be possible. So allow me to shamelessly plug B plus players radio, the growing pro wrestling podcast network. That's taking over the game search like and or follow B plus on Facebook and Twitter to be a part of the evolving movement that is spearheaded by the mouth nowhere near the South. Mr. M a H himself, Mark Adam Haggerty. If he's not busy serenading his followers on Instagram with his late night automobile jam sessions, he's hosting his very own podcast, the outsider's edge. Don't ask me when that show drops for download just ask me where to find it and that is on any of the b plus player radio social media platforms either facebook or twitter and that's where you can also find our show late sunday evenings but most likely early monday mornings is when you can get your hands on the latest episode of the ken reedy show the best in pro wrestling talk the shameless plug portion of this segment has come to an end so now let's get into this week's top stories Last week, I closed out the Day 5 50, 50 News report chronicling the rumored return of Jeff Hardy. This week, I opened with a report that, his, that chronicles the fact that his return may be delayed due to his most recent run-in with the law. First reported courtesy of Pro Wrestling Sheik, last weekend, Jeff Hardy was arrested for DWI, according to a representative for the Carabas County Sheriff's Department in North Carolina. Police reports indicate that Hardy's car ran off the road, striking a guardrail, resulting in his car to spin out in the middle of the northbound lane on the evening of March 10th at approximately 8 p.m. When Hardy volunteered to take a breathalyzer test, he blew a .25, which is three times the legal limit in the state of North Carolina. After news of this broke, WWE released a statement stating that they would form their own internal investigation upon receiving all the information from the authorities. The Wrestling Observer reports, that Hardy filmed a cameo appearance in the ultimate deletion match set to air on tomorrow's episode of Monday Night Raw. The Observer speculates that depending on the placement of the cameo, meaning if his cameo affects a crucial portion of the match, like, for instance, the finish, then Hardy's spot could be edited off the segment. Dave Meltzer speculated on the Wrestling Observer radio program recently that given the track record Hardy has with substance abuse, his two wellness policy violations, And a felony drug charge in 2009 Resulting in jail time in 2010 There's a chance the company Sends Jeff to rehab before they allow him To return to WWE television As of this moment no further details Regarding Jeff's future is being reported At this time After months of speculation NewJersey.com and WWE Officially confirmed that WrestleMania will return to MetLife Stadium With its 35th installment In East Rutherford, New Jersey Next year in 2019 Press conference was held Friday morning with MetLife Stadium officials, representatives from both the NFL's New York Giants and New York Jets management, as well as representatives from WWE, which included Braun Strowman, The New Day, Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, Titus Worldwide, The authorities Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, John Cena, Nikki Bella, and and Ronda Rousey, all in attendance for the major announcement. Unlike the last time WrestleMania came to the New York, New Jersey area, All other weekend events will be held at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. That includes the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, NXT TakeOver, as well as Raw and SmackDown. The location for WWE Fan Access event has not been announced at this time. Back in 2013, Access was held in the concourse of the old Meadowlands Arena, or as it was known when it shut down, the IZOD Center. The Hall of Fame ceremony took place at Madison Square Garden, while Raw emanated from the IZOD Center. Following news from that, there's talk now that SummerSlam 2019 will not be held at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn due to the city hosting a number of WrestleMania weekend-related events earlier in the year. Speculation is that SummerSlam could be held in another location, unknown at this time, but highly likely to be held in a stadium venue, possibly a Major League Baseball stadium. In a previous incarnation, of the day five I reported on potential plans for WWE bringing SummerSlam to Boston and Fenway Park, home of MLB's Boston Red Sox. Now I'm not saying that this is the stadium WWE is looking to run. However, it wouldn't surprise me if they were considered a candidate. On the flip side, it wouldn't surprise me if WWE chose a much newer facility to hold the event as they've been known to want to work in much newer accommodating buildings and Fenway Park isn't exactly a spring chicken of outdoor venues. My third story this week, the future of Rey Mysterio has been a topic of news as of late here on the Day 550 5050 News Report. And this week, I can report that Mysterio's future does not involve WWE in the immediate future, as it's been highly publicized and rumored for quite some time. Courtesy of the Tennessean, Rey Mysterio has signed on with the Nashville, Tennessee-based Aero Lucha organization as a performer as well as a part owner. Mysterio will be a part of their first season, which is speculated to begin taping in May or June of this year. The company also announced in the same article that they are in the process of setting up a crowdfunding campaign, which will turn fans' investments into minority stake in the company. After reports of this surfaced, Wrestling Observer Radio confirmed that Mysterio is working their TV tapings. However, that part where he's bought into the company with an ownership stake, it's still not confirmed according to their sources. Take that however you will, but the Observer did point out that despite the signing, Mysterio and WWE are still in discussions about a potential working relationship in the very near future. And a follow-up story, it's now being confirmed by the man himself, CM Punk. He will return to the Octagon and Mixed Martial Arts. The date, June 9th, at UFC 225 from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, his hometown, as a matter of fact. His opponent at this time? Well, that's undetermined. However... Jason David Frank, who is best known as the Green Power Ranger from the the hit 90s kids' television show Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, has offered up his services for Punk's next fight. Regardless of who is tasked for the challenge, I personally hope they finish what Mickey Gall started and end Punk's pipe dream of thinking he stands a chance in the world of mixed martial arts. Spoiler alert, I still think CM Punk's an asshole. And for my final story this week, there is new developments on the contractual status of one Daniel Bryan. According to multiple wrestling media outlets, Bryan's WWE contract is set to expire on September 23rd of this year, which means that his rumored participation for Cody Rhodes' all-in event will not come to fruition as the date for that event is set for Labor Day weekend on September 1st. The interesting detail to mention in this story is that Bryan does not have a 90-day no-compete clause in his current wwe contract normally when wwe releases a talent they are still paid for a 90-day period but are unable to work for another company during that time frame if this is indeed true and wwe can't come to terms on a new deal with daniel Bryan, then once his contract expires he could go anywhere he chooses immediately Bryan has spoken publicly in recent months that if wwe were unable to clear him by wrestlemania and he is assuming he will never wrestle for the company again. Brian is still expressing his interest in returning to active competition, even if that means wrestling anywhere else other than WWE. In a recent interview with The National, Brian was cautiously optimistic he'd be cleared based on the fact that every doctor WWE has sent him to has cleared him for in ring action. Brian did say, however, that he truly doesn't know, nor does he think WWE's medical personnel know, if he can return to action by this upcoming WrestleMania. And speaking of WrestleMania, it's been rumored that Brian's role on this year's year's show will come in the form of a guest referee capacity. The match he would be participating in would involve Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Shane McMahon in a triple threat match, with the the alternative possibility of another individual tag-teaming with Shane McMahon against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. If Bryan were cleared, and speculation has it, that he would be that individual teaming with Shane to take on Owens and Zayn in that tag team match. The Wrestling Observer speculates that Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania status may have changed recently, as it was rumored last week that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would be participating in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, while Shane would work a singles match with Dolph Ziggler. But it appears those plans have changed resulting in owens versus zane being made official for the card but judging by last tuesday night's angle with shane mcmahon and the build-up they all have and on tv in the last several months expect the match to change in the coming weeks what that could be it's unknown at this time there you have it folks thanks for tuning into the dave check back here next week for more informative pro wrestling gossip that only i can deliver in my own Eloquent way speaking of Gossip we have more of that this next hour So without further ado let's send it back to Ken Take it away
2: Good stuff As always and we had something there you know, I'm curious Your thoughts some news that kind of broke uh, We haven't gotten an, an official Statement but um, Perhaps it looks like Mark Henry might be going into the WWE Hall of Fame this year um, you know, I'm curious your thoughts if this winds up being true I'm a big Mark Henry fan I I see Mark Henry as a hall of famer, but I do look at, you know, if like the rumors are true and what's coming out is true, that's a quick turnaround for uh, Mark Henry going into the hall of fame as far as retiring and then hitting the hall of fame. I don't know exactly when it comes to wrestling in the WWE, um, What con- whatever commentators say first ballot hall of famer, um, it seems to me like Mark Henry, uh, if he is going to the Hall of Fame, is pretty close to whatever constitutes a first ballot Hall of Famer when it comes to the WWE, but I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. If if this winds up being true, um, it's a pretty stacked class already. Um, to me, I don't know, if I was the WWE, I would hold, um, hold back and kind of induct Mark Henry uh, maybe down the road a piece, but uh, might be going in. Looks like a good class. But um, your thoughts on Mark Henry?
0: First of all, that whole first ballot Hall of Famer stuff that they say on TV is a bunch of bullshit. Okay, it's just <laughs> done to put over. It's just done to put over the talent, abilities, and to make you believe like, holy cow, this guy, you know, he's gonna get into the Hall of Fame someday. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure we all know that they 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 name dropped Shawn Michaels before, when he was active as you know Jr. That's our first ballot Hall of Famer there, that Heartbreak Kid, you know. So I mean he, it, 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 it's it's it, that's just that's just a gimmick and a marketing ploy. Um, this is a little bit of a stacked class this year, um, and and I'm I'm kind of looking. I mean I'm kind of looking forward to a few of the inductions. I'm looking the mo, the one I'm looking forward to the most is the Jeff Jarrett one because that one kind of took me by surprise. I think it took a lot of people by surprise. I mean the guy who you know, in a sense was trying to become Vince McMahon's rival for the last. 16 years by building TNA and building up a lot of big stars. And, 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 and now he's kind of out of the game. He's gone through some personal issues. Uh, He just had a a stint in rehab not too long ago for uh, substance abuse. And now he's getting put into the hall of fame. I find that quite interesting based on the fact that when Jake Roberts and Scott Hall had been lobbied to be put in the hall of fame by diamond Dallas page, WWE management told DDP, hey, man, let's wait and see how long these guys can stay sober, and then we can dangle the carrot in front of them. Let's make them work for it. And I feel like Jarrett, who has had no affiliation with the company in the last 16 years, has, uh, you know, all of a sudden he gets out of rehab, and it's like, boom, he goes from rehab to the Hall of Fame. So um, I'm interested to see um, what's behind that. Is there more to it? Is is Jared going to have a role in the company? Uh, Is he going to be a part of the developmental program? you know, what's going to take place with Jeff Jarrett and WWE. So I'm kind of curious. Um, and that one, like I said, that threw me for a loop. I'm looking forward to that speech. And I hope that, uh, you know, maybe Bruce Pritchard makes a cameo during the speech and they can do a duet of, uh, with my baby tonight. But now that I've just rambled on, I apologize The Mark Henry question. Um, he really hasn't like officially retired or officially stepped away from in ring competition. He's been involved in some matches. Um, I, too, have dug kind of Mark Henry in that whole Hall of Pain thing. I was never really the biggest Mark Henry guy early on in his career, but, you know, we had that run with the world title, and he was doing the Hall of Pain stuff. Like, that was his best work. And, of course, the retirement angle he did with John Cena and that famous, you know, Pink sports coat he wears. I own a pink sports coat just like that because I saw Mark Henry do that. Like the, I, that, that angle was just unbelievable. Had he had everybody hook, line, and sinker thinking he was done, and uh, you know that was pretty cool. But to answer your question, uh you know maybe pulling him back and having him go in another year. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But at the same time, I got no issue with him really going in now. So. Um, you know it's the hall of fame at the end of the day the wwe hall of fame is not a hall of fame It's a platform to give talent an an appreciation award is really what it is There's no physical hall of fame. We can't go somewhere and drive and look at memorabilia Okay, the closest thing that we'll ever get to a wwe hall of fame is going to fan access every year and seeing all the memorabilia there So with that being said whether he goes in this year next year the following year, whatever it doesn't matter He's deserving to go in he's contributed a lot He's been, uh, you know, a guy that um, went through some setbacks with injuries and character changes, but he still maintained some relevance. And, you know, he was in the Royal Rumble, I think, last year, and he got a pretty big pop, um, and he hadn't been on TV for a while. So he's definitely still relevant when he comes out. And, uh, you know, that's my take on Mark Henry. You know, go if he goes in, great. Congratulations.
2: Yeah, it's a quick turnaround, though. Congratulations, honestly, to our friends over there Busted Open on Series XM. Two of their co-hosts could possibly be going into the Hall of Fame in one class, busted open. Man, maybe next year, busted open, we'll go into the Hall of Fame. Anyway, let's get into You know, Dave, this is your idea, and we've kind of discussed it and uh, gone back and forth. And, and the conversation kind of stemmed from Shawn Michaels being called or calling himself Mr. WrestleMania. And, and it kind of stemmed from there, like, who truly is... Mr. WrestleMania, or kind of how we're putting it, the all-time WrestleMania MVP. Is it in fact Shawn Michaels, or is that hyperbole and there are other individuals that deserve that sort of moniker? I mean, you're you're looking at a rich history. We're coming upon WrestleMania 34. There are a lot of names that you could throw out there that could be the WrestleMania MVP. 34783-9815 is the number to call. You want to give us your uh, WrestleMania MVP, give us a call. If you can't call us, go over to the Facebook page. Let us know who your WrestleMania MVP is. And we're we're looking all time. We're going all time. You know, 33 years as of now of WrestleManias. Who is your WrestleMania MVP? And, again, Dave, I, I think when you look at it, there are a lot of names that you could make cases for. Um, but I'm curious cause I actually started looking this and, and I was like looking up different records and I was trying to, you know, take my own opinion and, and kind of, uh, look at like stats. So I, I kind of looked at a lot of stuff, did a lot of research, uh, I shouldn't say a lot, a lot for me. There's a lot of research for me because beyond like looking at a Wikipedia page these days, that's like research. So I did more than that. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. Like how you how you attacked this, how you looked at it, who you looked at uh, when you were trying to determine uh, who your WrestleMania MVP would be. Um,
0: I looked at it in not a very simple way, but um, in, in some ways, like you, I attacked it in different areas. But the main focus, the main um, my my main goal behind it was to take certain guys from each era, and I kind of like. Split it off by certain years And figure out which guy Had the most impact on Wrestlemania during that era But it also took into effect You know The, the certain things that Were big draws For Wrestlemania as well Aside from just one singular Person in general um, that, that Embodied an, a Wrestlemania MVP So for instance Hulk Hogan okay he's obviously the first name that comes to mind in my opinion okay and Hulk Hogan for me um between Wrestlemania's one through Wrestlemania eight you know he was the the focal point of a Wrestlemania he was what drew Wrestlemania you know obviously Wrestlemania three with him and Andre was was what stole it you know was what excuse me not stole it but was, was the main focal point. And that's what essentially put WrestleMania on the map, in my opinion. Um, but in that same era, in between WrestleMania's one through eight, there were other guys that I feel like that weren't too far behind from Hogan. And you could make a case for Randy Macho Man Savage. Who had at WrestleMania 3 that great match with Steamboat? But you also take into account the matches he had in the tournament the following year when he won the title. The following year after that, the Mega Powers match with Hulk Hogan. The career match with the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 7. The title match he had with Ric Flair. Um, so, you, so I, I, I kind of took those two guys and lumped them into that era between WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 8. And then you go WrestleMania 9 to WrestleMania 13, and I I picture Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, those two names in there. And the the, the great matches they had and how they kind of were the glue to kind of keep WWF together at a time when wrestling wasn't popular, when it was moving out of being a big man's game, and they were looking more towards guys with athleticism michaels broke out in a singles role he had the ladder match he had the title match with diesel he had the iron man match and then you know brett of course you know he had the submission match and brett was coming out uh, in in singles in in singles competition he had that great match with piper the two the two matches he had at wrestlemania 10 with owen and, and yokozuna the iron man match and of course the submission match with austin And then you go from WrestleMania 14, I would say, to probably WrestleMania 19. And Steve Austin, Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, those three guys are what kind of held it all together in that era of, you know, the Attitude Era, but also that Ruthless Aggression Era. And, you know, Austin was the guy, in my opinion, that took that company from out of the out of the wilderness, and into the promised land, you know. He was the one that really revived wrestling. He had help, obviously, from The Rock and Triple H and other big names, but Austin was that guy. And then you look at a name like, after, after that era, you think of John Cena, in my opinion, okay. I think John Cena, not his ability and what he brought as a character to the screen, but I think what drew so many things, I think what drew WrestleMania when John Cena was involved was his relationship with the audience because of that backlash that that character had, because so many people hated him for whatever reason, whether you, it was, you know, justified or not. And I, I felt like WrestleMania is in my opinion for, for, for John Cena, it was all about what relationship he was going to have with the audience. Don't get me wrong. He had some great matches. Okay. The, the two matches with the rock, Shawn Michaels, triple H, Batista, the list goes on and on. And then there's one guy who's kind of been through almost all of these eras and that's undertaker. And of course we talk about that streak and that streak has been talked about on every wrestling podcast in every form and every discussion possible and how it was such a huge draw for WrestleMania. So I know I've kind of gone on a, a ramble here, but when thinking about a WrestleMania MVP, these are some of those names that come to mind. So let me start eliminating. Okay. Randy Savage. Gone as great as he was and as much As I love the macho man Mm -hmm. In that era Everyone cared about Hogan So much so that when that tournament Came and Randy Savage won that tournament Hogan had to be out there With him to kind of give him that as Bruce Pritchard Would say a little bit of that Hulk Dust so that the people could really Gravitate more to Randy not that They didn't have a reason before but to kind Of put him over the top and on the same level With Hogan but during those WrestleManias, Hogan was that guy Okay, Let's eliminate Bret Hart okay. As great as Bret Hart was A lot of people weren't buying tickets to Wrestlemania To see Bret Hart wrestle The name Wrestlemania itself Was what was selling it All right. So in my opinion That era was dominated by Shawn Michaels Then you have Steve Austin Take Rock and Triple H out of that equation Austin was the guy His intensity, the rivalry with McMahon The rivalries he had with The Rock The headline three Wrestlemania's just something off the charts. And then, like I said, Cena. That relationship he have with the audience. And then Undertaker, okay? To me, narrowing it down with all these things and all these factors, okay? Now let's start eliminating. For me personally, I'd pull John Cena out. As great as he is, WrestleMania is a name that sells itself. And I don't think Cena was the one guy to really sell WrestleMania. Let's pull out Stone Cold Steve Austin. Another elimination, in my opinion. Austin, as great as he was and what he contributed to the business, the Attitude Era and wrestling itself was selling WrestleMania. Now, let's pull out Undertaker. I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. As great of a streak as he had, that streak really wasn't a focal point and a big thing probably until, I'd say, the last seven or eight matches of that streak. It wasn't really a main focus of WrestleMania. As much as people loved Undertaker, it just wasn't, it just wasn't something that really embodied WrestleMania um, you know, throughout his whole run in WWE. So that leaves me to my two favorite wrestlers of all time, Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels has kind of gone through different eras of, the, uh, of, of WrestleMania. He had to take a sabbatical. He left, but he came back. He put on some great performances with Undertaker. But for me, in my opinion, the ultimate WrestleMania MVP, as great as Shawn Michaels is, and as great of a performer he is, it's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan put Mania on the map. He holds the record for having the most main events at a WrestleMania. You know, Like I said, WrestleMania's one through eight were all about Hulk Hogan. And if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, there wouldn't be a WrestleMania, in my opinion. He definitely embodies what being an MVP at WrestleMania is. That's my take on it.
2: It's interesting like how you 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 went at it's it, it's funny cuz first off, you know, before looking like really looking up anything, I
1: you know, it's
2: one of those things where, you know, when you hear about Hall of Fame and, and even in other sports, and you listen I listen to a lot of sports radio and people debate Hall of Famers and there is a belief with with a lot of fans and a lot of people that host shows such as this that um, if you have to debate it, then the person's not a Hall of Famer. That the, the idea is said that it, 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 Hall of Fame should be an all-time great So if you're debating whether they need, they should be Or shouldn't be, then they're not um, Now, I don't know if I believe that 100%, but that was kind of When I looked at who my WrestleMania MVP Was, I was like who's, Who strikes me in the gut uh, As far as You know, who potentially Could be that WrestleMania MVP Like, who are the and I And I wanted in, in my mind to, to limit it to three I was like, I'm going to think of three guys that just in my gut tell me uh, they at least could be in the running for, for a WrestleMania MVP. And, and the three guys I came up with were obviously Hulk Hogan, um, you know, enough said Hulk Hogan, like you said, most main events, most consecutive main events, um, you know, you can go on and on with, with Hulk Hogan. Um, obviously the undertaker, the streak, classic matches, um, you know, most matches at, at a WrestleMania, most wins at a WrestleMania. You can go on and on, and and the third guy I had on the on my list was obviously Kid Rock. I kid. It was John Cena. John Cena was the third guy on my list. Um, you know, and and I know like when people are like probably listening to it, wow, like you know Austin's not there, Michael's not like immediately Michael's got eliminated from. Uh, my WrestleMania MVP. I'm a Brett guy. Brett was not on there. Um, and the biggest thing I looked at with John Cena, I mean, you can look at the championships he's won at Mania, um, but it's just how during the John Cena era, how WrestleMania grew into um, from being a big wrestling show to to essentially being like very close to what the Super Bowl is and being a stadium show. And and during his era, what WrestleMania became. And, and to your point, Dave, kind of went through that that elimination process. And as I mentioned, his name John Cena was the first one to be eliminated. Uh, and we're not haters on this show. I respect everything John Cena has done, and John Cena has been the guy to run with the ball uh, during this this era and during this era of growth with the WWE and WrestleMania. However, I, I you know I, I give a lot of credit to the company and where the company was going and the business model. And, and what they were looking to do as far as expanding their product. Um, John Cena was the, the best guy to have in the focal point, the guy who could, you know, main event WrestleMania, do the talk show circuit, go do the Make-A-Wish thing. I mean, he was the guy um, to, to be there, to be the guy on this, this expansion. Um, but he just didn't, he, he was the first one that was easy for me um, to eliminate, which brought us again, um, you know, the two guys I looked at were, were Hogan and Taker. And, you know, Taker, you look at the streak, you look at all the matches he had at, at WrestleMania, you look at some of the classic matches he's had. Um, you know, one of the things I looked at with Hogan that struck me um, as I was looking at all these guys at, at Mania's and, and, and things they've done. And, you know, I'm a storyteller teller. Kind of fan, like I like good storytelling, uh, and that's what drew me to wrestling and when I started looking at Hulk Hogan and hulk Hogan's wrestlemania career and, and you know we, we touched upon obviously that he uh you know most consecutive main events, most main events, but when you look at storytelling that you know, all right, go back to like before WrestleMania 3, and you have Andre turns on Hogan, which leads us to WrestleMania 3, okay? And that's something, obviously, in, in the, the history of wrestling that everyone looks at as such a big deal. But when you look at like a string of storytelling, the fact that you had Hulk Hogan, best friend with Andre the Giant, Andre turns on him. They wrestle at, at WrestleMania 3, Hogan winds up on top. They lead to eventually main event, channel 4, Hulk Hogan versus Andre 2. Andre comes out on top. How much for the plastic surgery brother? How much which which is going to lead to Andre Hogan 3 at WrestleMania 4, which which leads us to a, a draw. So the Hogan Andre saga goes basically tied. They each have one win and, and one double DQ. You come out of WrestleMania 4, Hogan's quote-unquote best friend wins the championship with an assist from Hulk Hogan in the ring when his best friend, Macho Man Randy Savage, is crowned champion. The mega powers together, which, and they're best friends, but a lady gets involved, a little petty jealousy, mega powers explode, which goes to WrestleMania 4. You can look at the storytelling with Hulk Hogan during that time period that, that literally you went from before WrestleMania 3 through 4 into 5. That, to me, is like some of the best storytelling that I've ever seen in pro wrestling. And when I started to look at it, I was like, wow. Like, they really strung this. And look, other things happened. I get it. I'm not going to get into, you know, it wasn't just that. But when you look at Andre turns. WrestleMania 3, Hogan Andre 2, leads us to a tournament, Macho wins, Mega Powers, Mega Powers Explode at 5. It's, it's some of the best storytelling you'll ever see. And to your point, Dave, before, and you said the Pritchard podcast, um, go and listen to the Mega Powers Explode podcast. The subtleties and the, the storytelling in that are, are absolutely brilliant, um, the way that story arc was told. Um, and then Hogan comes back. Uh, years later at WrestleMania 18, and tears down the house with The Rock. So when you look at Hogan, Hogan's resume is is insane when it comes to WrestleMania. Um, the Undertaker, you know, it, it was tough for me, man, when I looked at this. You know, and I was looking at the Undertaker and it's, the streak. Um, but but kind of to your point, Dave, I I almost think sometimes when I look at this streak, that somewhere in the history of the WWE. There was a board meeting and they were looking to to book WrestleMania and somebody was like, hey guys, is anyone aware of the fact that Taker hasn't lost yet? And someone was like, oh my God, you're right, he hasn't lost yet. Huh, we can market this. Yeah, let's market this. And then it became a thing. Um, You know, to his credit, Taker's had some classic matches, uh, bell to bell, which I think um Hulk Hogan doesn't necessarily have as many classics as far as bell to bell goes um he's got some uh but if if you're looking bell to bell storytelling I think Taker would probably have that over Hogan um the streak obviously the most wins in Wrestlemania history and 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 I'm a big Taker fan it was tough for me when I was looking at the two of these guys but Dave I'm going to agree with you man I, I just couldn't uh, I was close to saying, you know, with the streak and with everything else, um, that Taker's got to be WrestleMania MVP. But when I kept going back to it, when I kept going to the storytelling, when I kept going, um, you know, to, to all the main events, and, and honestly, I, I think you hit it. Um, if not for Hulk Hogan, there would be no streak. There would be no Shawn Michaels calling himself Mr. WrestleMania. There would be no stadium shows at, at WrestleMania. There, there would be no WrestleMania weekend. There would be no taking over a city. Uh, Hulk Hogan was the guy who who set all this in motion. Obviously, with Vince McMahon, you know, being the brainchild there. But when I look at Wrestle Mister WrestleMania, the WrestleMania MVP, there really, Dave. When I when I looked at everything and tried to look at things from different angles, there was no way I couldn't look at Hulk Hogan as being Mr. WrestleMania just when it comes to the history of of pro wrestling, the history history of the WWE, what he did to get WrestleMania off off the ground. And then when you look at years later, what he was able to do in in Canada with The Rock at WrestleMania 18, which, you know, it's amazing as, as you're looking at Hogan, you're looking at him over the hill, past his prime, and still... This guy is able to go out there, steal the show, have have the roof just absolutely blown off, and give the Rock credit. Um, but it's Hogan, and you know there there just wasn't a way I could really justify um, not giving Hogan the the uh, the WrestleMania MVP. And I, I'm surprised, Dave, that we both agreed on that. Uh, just to let you listeners know, we didn't discuss who our WrestleMania MVP was to be, and. We didn't discuss uh, how we were going to go about deciding it, but we're we're both in agreement. Um, but it was tough, Dave. You know, I, I just kept everyone else I tried to make a case for because of the fact, and I know you are too, I'm a Hulkamania. I will always, you know, and when we talked early in the show about the Hall of Fame, like I'm always going to come down on Hulk Hogan's side, that's just where I'm at. So I really tried to look at, mania from every angle i could and, and really you know look at stuff and say all right like try to check your 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 fandom at the door try to look at everything objectively and really come up with a a, a clear-cut decision on who the wrestlemania mvp needs to be and and honestly dave as, as as i try to check my bias i just get coming back to wow you know wrestlemania is like this is uh this weird brainchild of Vince McMahon, but you have Hulk Hogan and Mr. T in the main event of one, and it's a success. And, you know, WrestleMania, you know, who knows if it's going to survive. And then you get, you know, Hogan, Andre at WrestleMania three, you know, and it's just when, when you look at all of that stuff and, and, you know, Hogan goes out there in four and gives, gives a macho man, the rub, you know, he gives warrior the rub at WrestleMania. Just, um, you know, he gives the rock the rub at 18. It just everything that, that Hogan has done, Hogan was always a big player. Hogan was always a main eventer. Hogan was not the guy who's going to be holding down the mid-card. And I'll say, Dave, there was no way I could give the WrestleMania MVP to anybody else.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I would have to agree with you. I think, too, what narrowed it down for me was that, like, Hogan had more attributes that I agreed with than some of the others. Like Hogan didn't have as many classics as Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, but he headlined eight WrestleManias. And when I'm talking headlining eight WrestleManias, he was the focal point of eight WrestleManias. Okay. As a kid, and people may argue this with me, and I love Macho Man, but people cared more about Hogan trying to get that title back in that tournament than Macho Man winning it. I was a as a young fan at WrestleMania four. You know, I wanted Hogan to win because he got screwed by Dibiase. But if Hogan didn't win, Savage was my replacement. And I, at the end of the day, as a fan, I won, but people cared more about Hogan and his climb to the top because he got screwed a month prior at at Saturday night's main event. No doubt about it. Anyone want to argue with that? Please, by all means, call this show or make plans to be a part of the next, next week's show. If you want to argue with me, I have no problem debating with you whatsoever. Um, but like I said, Hogan had more attributes than 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 he had the most attributes that me for me that qualified as a WrestleMania MVP. There's one match though that I think you should check out and our listeners should check out, and maybe just the whole WrestleMania in general. This is a very underrated WrestleMania, but WrestleMania 19 from Safeco Field in Seattle, Hogan and McMahon. That match yes. is twenty years twenty years in the making. Okay, now think about this for a minute. Okay. Hogan and McMahon was the the, – their likenesses and their images were on – is on the cover of the WrestleMania 19 DVD, which I still own, by the way. And they were a major focal point of that show. But think about the other matches on that card that could have easily been a major focal point of that show that, in some ways, you could almost forget about Hogan and McMahon, but it'd be hard not to. Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Austin and Rock – the third and final encounter between them two, which so happens was Austin's final match in the history of the business. Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, Michael's first WrestleMania in five years. I mean, Triple H and Booker T for the world heavyweight title. You had a loaded card. You want to go back and watch an awesome WrestleMania. You go back and watch WrestleMania 19. I, they're, they're Currently it's this week's episode on the Bruce Pritchard podcast going over the, the, the ins and outs of things that led up to that event and the event itself. But, in regards to Hogan and McMahon on that show, Hogan and McMahon, two guys who were obviously past their prime, I wouldn't say over the hill, they entertained like like no other. Like To me, that's one of my favorite Hulk Hogan matches to watch, and if Hogan were to say at that time, I'm walking away, I'm done, it would have been so fitting and so perfect to do it against the guy that he helped. Revolutionized the industry with and that's Vince McMahon so you ever want to go back and Look at a, a Hogan WrestleMania match so This gets forgotten a lot but Hogan McMahon that street fight the When Piper made the appearance and, 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 and hit Hogan with the lead pipe And they had the referee that The screwjob referee from Montreal The French kid that was in McMahon's pocket it was just a great match A fun match all around bell to bell It's not any kind of technical wrestling Masterpiece but from an entertainment standpoint The storytelling standpoint Holy cow! It was it was just an awesome presentation. And that was the thing, man.
2: You know, it's it's wrestling, it's pro wrestling, it's entertainment. And the one thing I've always like had a problem with is, you know, oh, Hogan's great, but in ring he wasn't good. No, man, in ring, Hogan told stories, and wrestling's about storytelling, and and Hogan could tell stories, not getting up on the top rope not you know jumping uh, you know off the top rope onto the concrete outside. Um Hogan didn't use spots to tell stories. Hogan in that ring uh used his charisma, used his selling. That's how he told stories. So when he'll say, you know, if you want to tell me Hogan wasn't athlet as athletic, uh his spots weren't as interesting, fine. When you say in ring man, Hogan told stories in ring and, and Hogan was great at, at, at giving things gravity and uh, you're right like that was a match you know nobody's going to say hey technically that was you know that the most athletic match I've ever seen but Vincent Hogan told a story and I want to go back to, to Wrestlemania 4 which you know is interesting that you're right you know when, when you were going into that tournament and if you lived through it and that's the, the, the main thing with pro wrestling that's really difficult you could go back and watch you know if you're like 25 years old Whatever you're younger and you go back and watch some of these things, there's no way you, you cannot conceptualize what it was like when you were a kid living through it. And that's tough. And there's no way you can do that. I mean, it's just, you got to take our words for it. Um, it, It's a much different entity when you live through it, as opposed to going back and watching it. Um, When you went into four, yeah, it, it was Andre three. And you were looking for Hogan to have his comeuppance and make his way through that tournament and get that belt again. That was it. You know, as a kid, like, you know, for you know, all intents and purposes, it was like Hogan was the only champ we had known. He had that belt for four years. It was unthinkable, unthinkable for him to lose that belt on, on the main event. Talk about something that was shocking as a kid. No kid thought that Hogan was going to lose to Andre, much less the way he did. And the way they told the story – the way they went through WrestleMania four, you have a. What was, I'm trying to remember. Dave. was it double DQ or double countout?
0: Um, it wasn't a countout. It was a DQ. I think I watched it recently. Uh, uh, it was um. One of them used the chair first. I don't. I think Hogan right, used right. it first, but then Andre used it, and the ref called for the bell, and then they were both disqualified.
2: Yeah, I did. Like I, I thought it was a double DQ. But I just
0: of like, you know, when the match was
2: over, you, as a fan, you were watching, you're like, yeah, Hogan got Andre. He got him back. Yeah. That's it. And and it was kind of that, like, visceral, like, you know, he got him. He he went after his, his sworn enemy, and he got him. And then it was kind of like, oh, wait, wait a second. Um, Hogan's not in the tournament anymore. Holy cow. But the, they told the story so masterfully that, it was almost secondary that he wasn't in the, in the tournament anymore. It wasn't like – it wasn't when it was a double DQ that you looked at it and were like, oh, my God, I'm so disappointed. It was kind of viscerally Hogan got his comeuppance, and then it was like, oh, wow, he's not in the tournament anymore. And then he winds up back there helping his friend in the main event, helping his friend to even the playing field. And then giving him the rub, giving Macho Man the rub, you know, Macho Man at all-time great. But in that era, if you – again, if you didn't live through it, you don't know. Macho Man as great at all-time great. No question about it. In that era, Macho Man needed the Hogan magic dust. He needed the Hogan rub. And Hogan being there, putting him over um, – Leading us to the mega powers exploding, it was just brilliant storytelling. And when you look at everything that, that WrestleMania had grown into, um, it to me it just wouldn't have happened with, without Hulk Hogan. And um, you know, growing up, it, it's just interesting, Dave. You know, when I look at wrestling and, and growing up, and when people, you know, it's very difficult to to go back and you know just watch WrestleMania four without watching everything that led up to it and really appreciate the storytelling that was going on there. But, um, you know, Hulk Hogan's a name that's synonymous with wrestling. And I would bet even – I will tell you something, man. Last night I am bouncing at a bar for St. Patrick's Day, a bunch of drunk 20-somethings, and all of a sudden Real American starts playing on the jukebox. And, and I didn't play it. You know, that's the kind of – when you look at Hulk Hogan <laughs> – I swear to God, I was shocked. I turned around, looked at producer Michelle. Looked at me like, Someone actually played Real American? And then I looked over and there was a group of 20-somethings singing along. And Hulk Hogan's just a name that transcends wrestling. Um, he is the Babe Ruth of wrestling. And he is, is the WrestleMania MVP. And, and Dave, you know what I'm talking about? It. It's like, now I want to go back and watch some of these matches. I actually want to go back and watch uh, the, the main event. You watch for the plastic surgery, brother, and go into four. But Hogan, masterful storyteller, no question about it. He's the WrestleMania MVP.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Go back and watch that main event because I watched it in preparation of um, uh, the. And once again, I'm going to plug them because they 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 do a great job. The Bruce Pritchard show. You know, they did an episode on the main event. And do you know? I don't know if you know this, Ken, but that match, that show, in 1988. Drew 35 million people to watch the, the, the WrestleMania 3 rematch between Hogan and Andre. That was unheard of back then. In fact, that's a record that hasn't, been, that hasn't been broken or touched, nowhere near touched since then. Can you imagine 35 million people in 1988 wanting to watch Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant on, on a Friday night in prime time? That's like unheard of.
2: And again, and that's the thing, when when people don't, when you don't live through it, you don't know, you know, and people want to throw out merchandising numbers, merch wasn't what it was back in the 80s, merch probably is the way it is now because of Hulk Hogan, Um, you know, there are different avenues to to see certain things, there's different, you know, there's the internet, we didn't have the internet in the 80s, Uh, you know, things like that, you know, when when you look at mainstream, and and I know Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, you know, had some mainstream success. But when, when, you looked at the, when you lived through the culture of the 1980s, Hulk Hogan was one of the biggest entities in entertainment, in all of entertainment. You know, he was the one that took wrestling out of the bingo halls and, and into the mainstream media. And every, everything that happened after that, you know, is due to what Hulk Hogan brought to pro wrestling. And it, it, it's so difficult being older to convey to younger wrestling fans what that was like, but Hulk Hogan and wrestling was, was an entertainment entity. Like everybody knew who Hulk Hogan was and, and breaking ratings records on a Friday night, like, you know, beating all other programs on prime time. A wrestling program, not winning on basic cable, but winning on network television. Just unheard of when you look at television today. Um, as big as the WWE is, they're not beating network television in ratings, in prime time. It's just it's not going to happen. But Hulk Hogan was able to do it. He is the WrestleMania MVP. Guys, thank you for listening tonight. It was a great conversation. Hogan is the WrestleMania MVP. We're going to get you set for WrestleMania as we head down the road. For Dave, I'm Ken. Good night, everybody.